Welcome to Joiners, the podcast with Tim and Danny, where we explore the world of hospitality by chatting with its most colorful characters. And the birthday trend continues. Yes, it was me. Now it's you. Yep, it is my turn. Uh, we are, you know, a little ways away from my actual birthday, but I saw we are my ten days out. I uh, I saw my in laws uh, on Tuesday night, and was greeted with a surprise birthday celebration. So you were lured out to the suburbs. I really had no idea. For a, a benign pretense. And then it was <laughs> dawned, dawned on you that you were there for a premature birthday celebration. My <laughs> Some, personal nightmare. <laughs> something like that. But it was very tame. Um, the only thing that happened of note is that I was forced to open a gift in front of the gift givers, and which as, is a big pet peeve of Tim and I. As discussed, that is not your favorite activity, no, nor an activity you would... Uh, participate in willingly yeah and then it also it was it got worse in a couple ways um the first way is that it was a gift bag and inside this gift bag that were four individually wrapped things so, so i had to you, go you're obligated to give four unique reactions <laughs> exactly every single oh man yeah i had to craft four distinct reactions <laughs> to these uh to these gifts and then what made it i mean this is more funny this didn't make it this is more of an icebreaker but one of the gifts that i opened seems looks and seems a lot like lip gloss <laughs> a male lip gloss yeah which i don't know how to how to take that but well you know maybe i'll know. use it maybe i'll start a trend just using yeah, lip don't, gloss. don't be so close-minded yeah i guess i shouldn't be try everything once that's right um so yeah <laughs> what was your reaction to the lip gloss i was like oh this is great like oh this is like, what i always wanted no it's like it has a brush on the ends you know or whatever was it however mascara? you describe it is that what it was <laughs> yeah. it was like a pull out like, yeah oh, exactly. that's lip gloss yeah, that's why wow <laughs> um but it was it was a great birthday anyway and then we celebrated with with uh tim and shannon last night so we did a little chinatown adventure we started at nine bar we went to qxy and then we got some Thai rolled ice cream, which I don't think Tim and Shannon had ever had before. Uh, I have had it before. Um, not at that place, though. Which What was it called? No idea. Oh. It, it was, was Legend. It was, great, it was like Legend. Yeah, Tasty Legend House was in the something. name. Yeah, that was a good trifecta. Cocktails, dumplings, ice cream. That's right. It was perfect. And the ice cream place was popping. Yeah, it was. I've never That's seen a good an sign. ice cream place popping like that at that hour. Yeah, and it was not particularly warm out either. No, it was like a Wednesday I night. love going to Chinatown. It's it like great. being transported to a different area. hundred cool. um, percent. Somewhere else that we can go to get transported to YouTube? A, a cocktail bar <laughs> uh, is YouTube with this week's guest, Anders Ericsson. That's right. And uh, Anders and I first met, he was at uh, Ward 8. He had done a Chicago cocktail social with uh, my brother-in-law and I and, and Green Curtain Events. And then uh, just got to know him a little bit better over the years. Very talented barman. And uh, I really was intrigued by his story of kind of transitioning from being behind the bar to being, you know, a, a YouTube cocktail sensation. personality. Just say it. He's yeah. a sensation. He's a sensation. Yeah. He, he has a sensational look to him. Um, which some of the viewers like to uh, to opine on. Yeah, you're really under a funny. microscope when you are a public figure <laughs> like that. I don't I don't envy that, but it sounds like it's mostly flattering feedback. Yeah, he does a great job, honestly. I urge you to check out his channel, um, and yeah, just listen to his stories. He's a captivating, dude. Yeah. So without further ado, please enjoy our conversation with Anders Ericsson.
Welcome to the happening. studio. Thank you. Yeah. So Anders, how many people say Anders? Um, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say uh, now because on the videos I say my name at the beginning each time. People are starting to to get it right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, I would have thought workaholics would have helped a little bit. It did help a little bit, um, but everybody just kind of. You know, they always would ask, like, have you ever seen this show called Workaholics? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I've, I've <laughs> and you have to talk <laughs> you know, about that. He actually came into the bar that Anders came into the oh, bar. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. he's Anders in real life, too, right? Yeah. Anders name, Holm, right? Yeah. And he grew up in Evanston area. Oh, that's right. He's oh. a local fella. That's so, so funny. That's cool. Yeah. Working behind the bar. Uh, some of his like family friends would come in and they're like, you know, I know this guy named Anders and he's on this show called Workaholics. And I'm like, I've, I've heard, you know, <laughs> and he came in uh, one night and it was just a surreal experience because uh, it was crazy busy. He clearly had been uh, some other places enjoying his night <laughs> and he had decided he wasn't going to talk to anybody that his buddy that he had with him would do all the correspondence so oh my god he sat down in front of me and full disclosure that was a crazy night for me as well and i some edibles had just kicked in <laughs> and it was i was not intending to be taking edibles so oh yeah. the accidental edible yeah, yeah, yeah. secret edible. yeah which was uh, yeah, exactly. So that kicks in. I watch him walk in, and I'm thinking, that's that's Anders. That's like the, the real Anders. You know? That's me. Yeah. He sits down, not seen clearly, I don't think, and wouldn't acknowledge my, my being there. I'm like, how are you doing? My name's Anders. And he just looks at his friend, and his friend's like, yeah, his name is Anders, too. And I'm like, all right, well, is this really happening, you know? And, uh, yeah, that was... That was my encounter with Anders. Yeah, Did we my... ever get a third party to confirm this whole thing happened? Oh, there, yeah, <laughs> but they were also uh, under the influence of edibles. Yeah, they so. were. Uh, every party involved, both Anders <laughs> yeah. were on edibles. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Penn and Teller situation. So, yeah, did you yeah. already say this was at Ward 8? Uh, I did not, but it, it was at Ward 8. All yeah. right, cool. So, yeah, yeah Anders uh, is a great bartender, barman uh, from Ward 8. Ward then, up. Yeah. I, I, and, uh, Don't recommend bartending under the influence of edibles. I sh- that sounds like a disaster. Do you know how much you ate? Um, it was one chocolate chip cookie. Uh, grams wise, I, I have no idea. That could but... be a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, now give me the size of that cookie. It's like this. Yeah. Are we yeah. talking Carol's cookies? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No, no. It was it was a decent sized cookie. Yeah. But uh... I ate a cookie one time at. Uh... I was at uh, Freehand. I was at uh, Heavy or Heavy Fat. No, that's your bar. What's the what's uh, Broken Shaker? I was yeah. a Broken Shaker, and uh, I remember my friend Elliot was DJing, and one of the employees there was like, "Hey, do you want this edible?" So I split it with my friend Rich, and uh, I ate half of it. And then I was like, oh, I'm like, how much was in this? She's like, it's like, oh, that that cookie had 100 milligrams in it. What? So I had consumed 50 milligrams. <laughs> and like, what? like 15 minutes later, I was in an Uber on the way home. I was just like, yeah. I can't do this. Yeah, no. I'm going to withdraw. Yeah. yeah. yeah check out. And, uh, yeah. It's a scary thing when you. Uh... It's a bad feeling because yeah. you're like, what? Cause, and that was like, like when I was still pretty new to weed and i was like oh god what's this yeah. gonna be like <laughs> i can't oh, say this I've is had how i go yeah, yeah this is it <laughs> i had a good run yeah. oh man um so where are you from uh door county wisconsin really wow. yeah we're in door county sister bay wow my grandparents lived in sturgeon bay oh no kidding yeah so nice. i know door county intimately yeah sister bay is on the place. lake side though right uh no it's on the bay side oh it is We've got bailey's harbor jackson port on the the lake side 
Right. Okay. So you've got like Egg Harbor and you're north of there. Yeah. By like Fish Creek kind of. Yep. Yeah. So you've got Egg Harbor and then working your way north, you've got Fish Creek, Ephraim, then Sister Bay. Yeah. So cool. It's, uh, it's what was there. that like growing up in Door County? With, like, the seasonal tourists. Like, are we fib? It, Am I a fib to you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how I identify. You know what? I'm a fib now, I, yeah. I think. Yeah. Fib is, for the listeners who don't know, well, Tracy in Wisconsin does know this, but it's fucking <laughs> Illinois bastards. Yeah. Like, seasonal <laughs> tourists who come up and, you know, have lake houses and, you know. Yeah. When, when, I first, when I first moved to Chicago, I wanted a license plate that said, not a fib. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but I am one now, I suppose. Uh, growing up in Door County was was incredible you know it it there were no fast food chains uh there were no anything that you would come to expect in in a city and i loved the seasonal flow of things so crazy busy in the summer you work hard like everybody you know as soon as you can at age 14 you get a job probably Mm -hmm. in a restaurant uh hospitality anyway and you just you go nuts for a few months and then it starts to cool off everybody leaves and it's it's downtime. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I do miss that. Although I, I think it's getting busier up there. So I think it's busy year round pretty much. Yeah. I haven't been in a few years. My grandparents have both passed away now and the property's gone, but, uh, we still go up to like Lake Superior. My wife's dad oh, is nice. from there, but like, so where did you work? Where were like, what were like the summer jobs there? I had a bunch of summer jobs. Uh, first one was, um, busing and then washing dishes almost immediately after that. That was 14. And I stayed there for four years, and I worked my way up to prep cook, then line cook, and I was kind of in the back of the house there, uh, learning the inner workings of the restaurant. <laughs> and uh, then I also took summer jobs as, as a soda jerk at an old ice cream shop. Oh, that's cool. Is that Wilson's? Uh, that was exactly Wilson's, What yeah. was the restaurant? Uh, the restaurant was called the Sister Bay Cafe. Okay. It's no longer there. Now it's Wild Tomato. That's a pizza joint. But yeah, it was it was a great spot. the The soda jerk was was my favorite job. <laughs> that was so much fun. Um, and then you know had it was like bartending. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was when I was eighteen. It was right before I I left for college. So yeah, that was that really was like bartending. Was it always the same amount of syrup pumps per? kind of like was there different how did it that's go a, that's a great question so there were rules and i broke them all the t- time <laughs> freestyle yeah in fact we um yeah the owner there was this couple that owned it he loved these butterscotch malts that i would make because i would put in extra butterscotch and so he would always come and try to get one from me behind the scene and his wife wouldn't let him have it so i got in trouble <laughs> a number of times for that one but it's it's <laughs> silliness but yeah it was a fun job you're right on the water so you know yeah, you work these long days and, and you just go swimming at the time i was the only guy that worked there it was all girls and i was 18 and it was just heaven <laughs> you know <laughs> so was this just like soda water and tarani syrups um yeah yeah there were a lot of tarani syrups and yeah. and we... they, they seem to have like about 98 percent of the market, market share of yeah. syrup i would imagine yeah and then we had our homemade root beer, which was a root beer with, I think, honey added to it or something. <laughs> Even sweeter root beer. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, and then how were you there till you were 18 and then went away? Um, I did, but every summer I went back. And okay. uh, I had different jobs at uh, other restaurants. 
up there, uh, moved to front of the house, um, rented jet skis for one summer, um, and then acted in a theater company up there, like a little repertory theater. How did you end up coming to Chicago? It was actually because of the theater. So when I was in college, I started uh, interning at this theater company in Door County. It was a summer gig. And that summer they had in this director named Paul Sills, who I had no idea who he was, but he was huge. He founded uh, Compass Theater, which became Second City. And it it was like this big big deal. deal, but I had no idea. And he always started the season with these theater games. And I'm a 19-year-old kid, and they needed, I think it was something like they needed a certain number of people to play these games. And I'm moving around chairs, and he said, well, why don't you go out there and and do it? So we started doing these theater games, and I knew nothing about acting. I was just playing. Is this all improv? Are these the theater games? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, So I'm just, like, literally playing. And he's cutting this off, and he's like, what this kid is doing, like, this is what we need to be doing, you know? <laughs> so now the actors are, are saying, okay, you, you, you can act. Well, I couldn't, you know, I was just, <laughs> just having fun, but it brought me back uh, the second year because he came back and, and I ended up working there through um, my whole time in college. And by the end of college, um, some of the, the actors that I had worked with uh, were from the Chicago area, and they said, you know, let me introduce you to some people down there. So I came down to Chicago with the intention to pursue acting, uh, you know, do the whole Second City improv stuff, and and uh, meanwhile, I was bartending the whole time. <laughs> what was the place in Door County where you were acting, the theater? Uh, it was called the American Folklore Theater. Okay. Um, it's now called Northern Sky Theater. Okay. Because my grandpa mm-hmm. was an actor, and we, he did some Shakespeare things up there. I don't remember where it was. Oh. We'd always go to, like, Peninsula State Park, the Peninsula Players. It's, like, oh, yeah. very, very cool. It's, like, this – it's a stage, like, a wooden stage in the middle of the woods. Yeah. And you, like, park and hike, like, I don't know, like, a quarter mile into the woods, and it just kind of – there's a clearing and then these benches and a – it's yeah. very cool so, setting. Yeah. So Peninsula Players is um, – an institution up there um, where I was at American, what's it called? Folklore. American Folklore <laughs> yeah, Theater. Yeah. yeah. That one was in the state park and that might be the one you're Yeah. It was Shakespeare about. in the park. So it yeah. must've been, yeah. So then there's Doris Shakespeare as well. There's a bunch of these like little hmm. theaters. Yeah. yeah. It's a, maybe you and uh, Tim's grandpa cross paths. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Actually, maybe. Um, yeah. it's now Danny, you were also a second city boy. I was. Were yeah. you really? I took the uh, core writing curriculum. I was not in the performing side. Uh. solely on the writing side so it was like the six classes and then in the last two classes you like write the show cast it and then the sixth class is putting on the show in like the etc or whatever one of the that's awesome. auxiliary theaters how long ago was this this was in 2009 so okay. it was 2009 2010 and then throughout that process i i don't know if i became disillusioned with that world or just kind of realized the odds were stacked so much against me ever making mm. it yeah. Um, and I was like, uh, I don't know if I want to spend like the next 10, 15, 20 years grinding and never succeeding. Yeah, I get that. And so, absolutely. So, yeah, and I kind of was uh, working in bars that whole time and similar to you, I guess, ended up in the bar world. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So, yeah, Kindred did you spirits, start, yeah, did yeah. You start <laughs> on the like improv performing side? Yeah, I did. I, I started. Um, did you want to be in the main stage? Like, I didn't know what I wanted. Yeah. Honestly, I thought that I would be in Chicago maximum five years. 
Um, I thought I would either end up moving out to New York or LA. Um, probably Los Angeles is what I was thinking, but I had friends in New York. Um, I did want to do some, some film work and I thought that this was a, a good step into it. You yeah. Know, uh, I wasn't formally trained as an actor. Um, it, it just seemed like a fit. And so I, I did some at Second City and then, uh, IO and the Annoyance Theater. And you know, you do your like weekly gigs on stage at bars and you'd get a free beer and yeah. <laughs> you think like, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it, it ended up, you know, my experience with improv is like when you see great improv, it's magical. Yeah. But when you see terrible improv, it is the worst thing yeah. in the world. It's, it's tragical. Like, yeah. That is, yeah. And, my sentiments exactly. Yeah. And it just, it happened too many times when it was just terrible. <laughs> yeah. Is there like some friction between like the stand-up scene and the improv scene in Chicago? It's like a West Side Story situation in my mind. That's, I always assume that those people are like, man, um, I, stand up for I don't, life. I don't really know. Uh, I did do some improv with some stand-up comedians, uh, and all of, all of the ones that I worked with, they ended up just going back to stand-up, um, probably because improv people are weird. <laughs> <laughs> so at what point did you were you like, I'm done with improv, I want to focus more on, on bar stuff? Um... Okay, so let's see. A long time ago, I I stepped away from acting. Improv kind of turned into doing little like film spots and gigs and and auditioning for for those sorts of things. And I walked away from that in I'm gonna say 2007, 2008, something yeah. like that. It was one of those things where I was at an audition. And there were, I don't know, like just an endless line of people. And everybody is talking about themselves to each other. And nobody's listened to, <laughs> listening to each other. And I, I like had this epiphany. I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? Like this, you know, I, I, I don't want to do this. So I just walked away. And that was that. Was that. Wow. Yeah. And so where did you go? Where were you working at that time? At that time, I was working at a restaurant downtown called Trotteria Number no. 10. It was okay. on, on Dearborn and like Washington. Um, and I worked there for like six and a half years. So that was my first job when I came into to the city. I worked my way up from coat check. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Pay your dues. So once, because, yeah. you know, you started in Door County, you started kind of back of the house and, and rising up that ladder mm-hmm. and then eventually transitioning to the front of the house. Did you just prefer being in front of the house? Is it better money? Did you vibe better with it? Um, actually, at first, I felt that I vibed more with the back of the house. Um, but the money drew me to the front of the house. Yeah. Um, I started bartending up while I was still up in Door County. Um, and I don't know, bartending was more glamorous than serving, you know, and I liked the idea of having a physical barrier between me and the, and and the customers and you have, yeah, you have your own space. And I felt like I was respected more. uh, It's a stage. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it kind of worked with what I was going for. This episode is brought to you by Scofflaw Old Tom Gin, a tasty, versatile spirit. 
Created in Chicago in 2012, the product was born out of a need for a bespoke iteration of the Old Tom style, which is the slightly sweeter predecessor to London Dry. Scofflaw Old Tom Gin carries classic notes of orange peel, juniper, and coriander while balancing on a subtle floral edge thanks to the addition of osmanthus blossoms. Its elevated proof is suitable in cocktails or unadorned. Scofflaw Old Tom Gin, complete your bar. So you were working downtown for at Trotteria 10 mm-hmm. for like you said six years. Yeah. Something yeah, a like that. Over six years. And then at what point did you start to like pursue, you know, cocktailing or craft cocktails and that sort of thing? It was about the same time that I left um, theater, I guess, acting. So at that point I was bartending at the restaurant and one of the regulars that came in was really into classic cocktails. He was like really enjoyed the history of cocktails. And so he came into the bar and the first time uh, he sat down, he ordered a sidecar and we had red wine, you know, yeah. Manhattan that was shaken, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and name it with sour mix. Yeah. And so I had to ask him, I said, I don't really know what's in a sidecar and I made it and you know he started talking about it. so then he's like all right now I want a Bronx and now I, and and I'm writing these things down I'm like what is that what is that so then I started kind of like researching on my own and I went out to Portland Oregon for a wedding and I went into this this bar I think it was called Jake's I'm not sure and I sat down and I, I saw like oh wow they, they really know what they're doing they're using fresh juice and all this stuff and so he asked what I wanted to drink. I said, I'll have a sidecar. <laughs> and he made me a sidecar, and it was the best thing I had ever tasted. And so I came back, and I started making sidecars for all the people that were waiting to go eat their know, spaghetti and meatballs or whatever. Yeah. You know, people are like, why am I drinking sidecars? <laughs> uh, but so then I, I got really excited, and um, I, I wanted to start kind of making my own twists on these and, like, making them better or just different. And I remember I... I was making a mojito, mojito, a mojito, and I decided I'm going to change this up. I'm going to put gin instead of rum. I'm going to use basil instead of mint. I'm going to use lemon instead of lime. And I was like, oh, I came up with this great thing. And that was probably like 2008, something like that. And I remember somebody saying, you know, there's a drink called the gin basil smash. (laughs) And I was like, no. No, I came up with this. You know? Like, this is just as cutthroat as improv. Yeah. But uh, so when I was doing that, a friend of mine who was had just started working at a place in Andersonville called Infine Spirits, um, well, she had said, I, I'm kind of getting the years mixed up here. This is like 2008, 2009, something like that. Uh, she said, you know, why don't, why don't you come in? We're going to, you know, we're looking for somebody new. Uh, I didn't know if it was server or, or what. But, was when Schiller was there at the time? Yeah, he was just leaving. Oh, okay. So maybe that was 2010-ish, okay, something it. like that. And, uh, yeah, so I went in, and I interviewed, and I got a, a job there, and I made now, like, like lifelong friends, you know? And it was, I was, I, I couldn't believe what was happening, that this was a, a real thing, you know? And I felt like, oh, I'm, I'm we have this, like, secret knowledge or something Mm. and so I started bartending there and like a month into it Anne who was the GM at the time was stepping down to do 
um, events only. So they needed a new GM, and they asked me if I wanted to be the GM. <laughs> I had no management experience, but I thought, this, this is, is my opportunity. So I took it, and I did it for two years. It was absolute hell. Uh, <laughs> but I learned kind of how the bar works and the financial side of things and all of that, you know, budgeting, numbers, ordering. And so that was great. But at the same time, I wasn't doing the actual bartending, which is what I wanted to be doing. So, I mean, I was also in charge of scheduling. So, like, sometimes I would just schedule somebody to not do the bar back, and I would bar back <laughs> a little bit, you know, yeah. that, that sort of thing. What um, was the worst yeah. part of being GM? Um, ugh, the most difficult part for yeah. me was being my friend's bosses. You know, That's tough, yeah. I, uh one of my closest friends, I hired him because he moved into town and great bartender, great guy, really smart, remembers everything. He's, he's an excellent bartender, but I think the fact that I was his boss, just something was wrong there. You know, I felt weird asking him to do things. And I think he felt weird having me do that and yeah yeah that's um, why I, I refuse to hire danny at stock like his <laughs> his resume comes across my desk like once yeah, every quarter and I'm like danny submitting yeah stop <laughs> it's not gonna happen i thought i was gonna there be hired just based on my drawing of pants a long time ago <laughs> yeah danny did do a crude sketch we'll throw it up on the instagram maybe yeah we were doing a collaboration a long time ago and and Tim was like, all right, what do you want your pants to be like? Cause they were for like bartenders, specifically designed for bartenders. Oh, wow. Okay. And it was like a uh, kind of a series that they were doing uh, with me and Austin Skiles and Robbie Haynes. And uh, they each had different items. And I had pants, I guess. <laughs> and I was like trying to describe to Tim what these pants should be like. And I like drew on a post-it and like a pair of pants, but like the most like crude, basic. <laughs> and he's, Tim's like, I could see Tim like look at the th- and Tim like can draw very well and yeah it was hilarious yeah well, I remember we discussed it in the <laughs> Robbie like, I'm Haynes need more than it was, yeah it, I would love to revisit that concept because we could do we could do it really well now <laughs> at the time it was a complete logistical disaster but we had good intentions yeah we did yeah. <laughs> it was before we made uniforms it was like yeah. menswear was that's true weird really? yeah and actually even before we started stock when I had my first clothing line called vagrant nobility embarrassing name but we uh <laughs> we i was that's when i was hanging out at the whistler a lot and i'm like oh like all these bartenders are wearing vests now so i'm like i'm gonna make a special vest for paul mcgee nice. and i remember like being like hey paul we're gonna design this thing and he was like so nice about it but like very clearly not interested <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't, I don't, it was just one of those things that kind of fizzled. I think the brand went down and we started focusing on stock. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, working with friends is, is very difficult. I think we all have a story at least Yeah. of, yeah, you've like the best intentions and you're like, I'm going to give my friend a shot, give them, a, you know, and they right. also like, yeah, it's, it's so tricky. How did it end? Was he like, nah, that's enough. I've had enough. Um, he, he just... Yeah, he took a job bartending at another place. And he was just like, hey, I'm yeah. going to move on somewhere else. And, I, and you were like, thank God. Yeah, exactly. I was, yeah, <laughs> like, I love you, man, but that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. That's cool. It yeah. resolved itself. It so really did. So did you go from Infine Spirits to Ward 8? Um, I did. There was a little gap there. Okay. Because at the two-year mark, I 
said this this is it this is it for me and so <laughs> i stepped down and at the same time um a lot of things were happening immediately after that the restaurant like uh, rebranded itself as like a fine dining thing that lasted all of like six months or something like that and so the whole staff kind of scattered i stepped down and thought i am going to do something that I don't have to take home, that is completely low stress. So I got a job at a, uh, a little wine shop in Lincoln Square. And Logan here actually is Providence Food and Wine. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and so uh, that was great because I got to further explore different wines and, and that sort of thing uh, and learn a lot about cheese because we sold cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then I took a job bartending for about six months at uh, a place that was called Brown Trout, hmm. probably the best name for a restaurant you could you could get, <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, <laughs> that was uh, up on on Lincoln. And <laughs> then Cody and Ann opened up Ward Eight and said, "Hey, we need another another hand." And it was absolutely that's where I'm going. Yeah, yeah, that's a great. It's a great. I mean, it was great then. I haven't been in a minute, um, but yeah, it's just a very cool format of menu do you want to kind of explain like what word eight was all about yeah so it was really interesting starting out because i mean cody had this vision of you know on howard street at that time this was 2011 2012 i don't know i'm terrible with <laughs> but anyway at that time yeah. it was just nothing was going on on there you know there were shootings every day and and no kind of figured nobody wanted to go there but cody saw this place and he's like all right this is going to be like a destination like people are going to come here and uh that's how we'll get it started well it turns out there were a ton of people living in that neighborhood that just wanted a place to hang out so this was uh, this bar that we focused on classic cocktails and the menu we'd have like the year that the recipe you know was written that sort of thing and and uh you know, is tried to be a little bit more upscale, but approachable, you know, so like nice glassware, good looking drinks and, and just a nice experience, no TVs or anything like that. Um, but we started getting all these people that lived right around the corner. So we ended up kind of being like a, a local bar too. Yeah. And, uh, it was just this great marriage of the two. It was, it was just, were they receptive of the format and the, and the drinks and stuff, or were they ordering high uh, lives and stuff? No, they were actually really uh, like they receptive. Were into it. Yeah, that's cool. Um, Best old nice. fashioned yeah. in the entire city. Is that right? Was there? Yeah. That old fashioned. What's your secret? It's pretty great. Well, at the time, it was getting. Uh, I mean, it was like Weller Antique at the time, right? Yeah. So yeah. it was Weller One Hundred Seven, which is almost impossible. Yeah, to we just could get. get it. Yeah, but it was an incredible old fashioned. I yeah. remember that. It's a, it's a good one. It's uh, that's. Well, I didn't use Weller Antique, but that's the recipe that that I did like my fourth video. And that's like your, one of your biggest videos, right? Yeah, that one has gone. I I can't watch it because I was just starting out and I like start off and I'm like, hey, how's it going? You know, like, trying to trying to figure out how to be on camera. And I look like an idiot, but the video is doing well. So, you know? <laughs> so okay. So you're you're at Ward Eight for a long time. Did mm -hmm. you have the idea to do like a YouTube channel? while you were there how did this all come to be yeah and th this was the timing of it all worked out 
perfectly. So while I was at Ward 8, like I went through this this period where I realized this was the best bartending gig that I could ask for without being um, taken on the responsibility of an owner or anything like that. <laughs> and um, I... I knew that, like, I was always trying to think of, like, what's next. Like, at at what point do I branch off and open my own place, um, or do I do something else? So I had a couple different things that I wanted to pursue. One was to teach classes, uh, and I had talked to uh, Cody about using the space and, and bringing some people in and having private classes. And so that's where this was going. At the same time, I wanted to do something with... Um, you know, in the whole like social media thing. So I briefly started a podcast um, where once a week I would invite one of our regulars to hang out after hours and we'd sit at a table and just chat. And then I'd, I'd go home and, and edit it and figure out how to do it. And so we did like, I think like six to eight episodes, something like that. And I never like uploaded those or anything like that uh, because then COVID hit. And so one month into the pandemic, I realized like, I, I don't know when we're going back. So my, my then girlfriend, now fiance, and I just were like, let's make a video. I had some regulars, you know, sending me DMs and text messages saying, hey, I want to make a, a Brooklyn. How do I do it? You know, and, yeah. and so I said, well, all right, I'll make a video and send you a link. And so that was, and I chose cool. the, the sidecar for the first video because that was the one that got me into it. All. Yeah, it kind yeah. of sparked your yeah. bartending journey. Back to the podcasting real quick. <laughs> yeah. How how were the conversations with locals? Were they interesting? Like what kind of topics <laughs> did you guys cover? Yeah, no. It was, I, I wonder about that. I'm no, like, it's, it's, it's a, a great point. You, in fact, you, one of the regulars, because I started telling people about it at the bar, you know, I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, so we're doing this thing. You hang out later and, and I'll, you know, and most everybody has like a couple of drinks and then they're like, yeah, I'll do that. Oh, that sounds <laughs> awesome. We want to hang out and we'll just talk. And I had one regular say, yeah, because that's what everybody in the world wants to hear is some random person's story <laughs> at a bar. I mean, it could be, that's why I asked. It could go yeah. one of two ways. It could be really interesting or just be like incoherent rambling. Yeah, and it, I, <laughs> there, there were, I think there was uh, like one or two where I thought, oh, this is kind of interesting. But the others, they were just incoherent rambling. There was one I had to like... Halfway through it, he got up and he's just like, I gotta go home. <laughs> he just walks up, like, oh shit, we lost that one. <laughs> Someone gave him half an edible cookie. <laughs> yeah, right. Or right. a weed cookie. Yeah. I don't even know how to say it. <laughs> what a square, Danny. This episode of Joiners is brought to you by Stock Manufacturing, makers of fine hospitality workwear. You obsess over the details in your space, so why stop at your staff's uniforms? Stock has something for every aesthetic. From fine dining to a corner cafe, they've got you covered. Choose from in-stock ready-to-wear options or design the perfect custom uniform for your team. For more information, visit stockmfgco.com. The timing of everything was was so interesting yeah what yeah. was it when do you know when your first one was posted uh april 19th 2020, 2020 so right yeah. away and you yeah. were able to turn Martin. it around pretty quick yeah it was uh that first video which is three minutes long took us a little over a week to edit I think. Wow. wow and uh 
Were you self-taught in editing? Um, I had, yeah, I had some, you know, experience kind of playing around with that sort of thing. Um, what were you using? Like, what was the software to edit? Uh, Adobe Premiere. Okay. Yeah. But prior to that, when I was in college, I was an art major. And so, you know, you kind of do all different things. And I went to college like in the 1700s. <laughs> so we were using uh, like mixing boards to edit. Oh, yeah. And so when I came across like a program like uh, Premiere, Premier, yeah. I'm like, man, this is, this is so easy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so we were but still took a long time when you got the first video posted were you like did you think it was solid like i mean obviously now you look back and there's a million things i'm sure you would change (laughs) well i I tell you what i i I owe a lot of the um the well the success of the channel but the fact that we went beyond one video uh to oz my partner because the first video i decided i'm gonna shoot and this is going to be great. We'll put it up. And it's just the camera on a tripod. I was sitting at a table and it looked like, you know, like some newscast <laughs> and I couldn't even like get through three sentences. I'm like, this is the stupidest thing I've, I've ever done, you know? <laughs> and so she walks in and she's got, um, experience with photography. So she immediately is like, all right, we need to get you over by the window. Let's get some good lighting. And she set up the, the shot and like made it tight on my face because we didn't have, you know, lights like, like these in here. Um, and so it just looked good right off the bat. And then uh, we edited that first one together and just kind of kept chopping it, chopping it up, chopping it up. And she's, she's good at realizing retention rate, you know, like where I'm like, I just, just let me ramble. And she's like, no, nobody's going to stick around. So she's like, let's cut that here. Let's cut that here. Let's yeah. tighten this up. And all of a sudden it came together. And I thought, man, this this is is my my life's work right here, you know. <laughs> but then you put it up there, and everybody's like, "All right, well, what's next?" I'm like, "Oh, okay, we got to do another one." So then that's just what happened. Wow. And the idea was, as soon as I get back to Ward Eight, then this is gonna have to come to an end, I think, mm-hmm. you know. But I never went back to Ward Eight. And at what point did you start to see like the real potential and the momentum? Um. How many videos in till you were like, "Wow, this is uh, a career." I would say it was the old-fashioned video that that took off. That one and a couple others. I had, like, some, you know, essential bottles video. But the OF one was number four, you said. Yeah. So four videos in. Well, yeah, but, but it catch took a on while. Right yeah. away. Oh, oh. Yeah. It took a while for, yeah. Yeah, so it was probably, let's see, first video was in April. I'm going to say, like, pretty early on we decided we're going to go for it as, as hard as we can. But it wasn't until toward the end of summer that we started to like think like, okay, well, how how can we turn this into money? You know, how can we actually support us? And YouTube has these rules like you have to get, you know, X amount of subscribers within a year and this many view hours and all this stuff. Um, so it it wasn't until we got into the first part of 2021 that it seemed like it was feasible that we could make this work. So there is like this long push where you don't really know, you yeah. know, you're like, I'm either, I'm either killing it or I am just digging a hole. <laughs> so how yeah. does monetization work on YouTube? Is it like, I mean, I, I assume it's, it's view based. Is mm. it, do you, I, I don't, I've always wondered like, do the content creators approve ads that are shown on their channel? Like how does it all work? No, you don't, 
you don't approve the ads that are shown. I have no idea because it's catered to the viewer. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So it's like, based on yeah. right. Okay. So, so like a while back, my my dad uh, reached out to me and said, "Hey, man, you you're really killing it on YouTube." I said, "Oh, oh, thanks, Dad." He goes, "No, you've got some really great sponsors. I saw an ad for Ford." <laughs> on your on your video, I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, right before your video, this ad for Ford came off. And I'm like, that's not me. That's, that's, uh, but yeah, so that's yeah, right. and he's like, oh, I guess I just I don't understand how that works. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and and I don't really understand how it works. Uh, what it it is based on on your views, and what happens is YouTube auctions off. The um, like the ad time, the ad you know space for for I guess to show the viewers, and so the content creator gets a, a small percentage of every time that's viewed, uh, and then it's it's you get something different if people hit skip, like you get actually oh, okay. you get less per view if they hit skip ad. However, it does better for your video because YouTube thinks oh they really want to see your video that they're skipping oh. the ad, so it's mm, like double edged sword. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that is a, a, really a hard game to play because depending on what time of year it is, uh, companies will pay more or less for those ad spaces. So like around the holidays, you can make pretty good money, but you know, come March, like you, you can have a video that gets a ton of views and you don't see a whole lot of return on that. Interesting. But, yeah. And just to, sorry, rewind a little bit. When you have the idea to do this, you know, uh, right after the pan- a month into the pandemic, <clears throat> how like are you? Did you take an investment where you like I have this much saved? We're gonna put X amount toward this project because you said you were like you and Oz are willing to fully kind of commit to it and see what happened. Yeah, so I didn't. I, I had some money, you know, in savings, uh, which was pretty much used for food. <laughs> did yeah. you bring um, your bank statements like Danny asked? <laughs> you're getting audited here Uh, no what happened is uh, because before this started I had this idea to teach classes so I started um, actually teaching virtual classes uh, so you had the equipment built up yeah exactly so then we just uh, because we recorded in our apartment it was all set up I would just kind of log on and then we'd have like some sort of group hangout and everybody would, would make cocktails and it's like um, a Zoom situation, yeah. and you, you'd give people like a shopping list, or did you have yeah. like kits they could pick up? No, I'd, I'd give them a, a shopping list, and uh, yeah, they they would. I, for I did some like private ones for just like friends and and families and that sort of thing, but for the corporate ones, I think that um, the bosses got everybody the supplies they, they need. Yeah. Yeah. And do you have you... any? Sorry, do you have any fun stories about people perhaps overserving themselves on these Zoom classes, getting get a little <laughs> yeah. loose at the end? Yeah, actually, uh, I, I I did one that I I didn't hear about this. Like, okay, so there's always it's it's fascinating watching all these people who are just looking at you from this little screen, but noticing the dynamic between them you know so like one person will start asking a question you'll look over here and this person's rolling their eyes you know that sort of thing (laughs) yeah um but there's one time where i didn't notice this at all uh but there was this big group hangout and we for each one i would make three cocktails and so i guess you know within an hour if you're drinking three cocktails you could you could Mm -hmm. (laughs) have quite a bit and this this one kid who was uh 
working with this company, mm-hmm. he was just really quiet. And then I heard from somebody else. Over 21 kid. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was, it was his 28th He's, birthday yeah. actually. Uh, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I heard from somebody else as there, they're like, yeah, he, apparently he blacked out after the thing. And I'm thinking, man, this is maybe this is not what I'm meant to do for the people. (laughs) (laughs) Blacked out, quit his job in front of everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's destitute. Um, so no, how, now I have a podcast. But yeah, like, did you know, like kind of what video camera, you know, how, how did that stuff go? So, um, the year before the pandemic, uh, both Oz and I went through, uh, some photography classes. Oh, cool. So we got the gear that we needed for that, you know? So we had, um, we actually, one of the cameras we still use, it's just a little crop sensor, a Canon ADD. Um, but we've upgraded since on a lot of the other stuff, but we did have the equipment, which was a huge, a huge start, which is helped a lot but were there were there certain lessons that you learned really fast like i can't have <clears throat> a jigger that's like chrome it has to be brushed stainless because the chrome is too shiny on the oh you know, that's, stuff a, like that. that's wow. a good point see that never nice came question. up but yeah. um or you know certain right silly things like uh that. one thing that uh, that was kind of tricky is like shooting with glasses i wear oh, my glasses yeah. all the time but in most of the videos i'm not wearing them just because of the glare i'll still try to incorporate them when I can, but it does take a little bit more, you know, like I'll be talking like, okay, I have just, just see white, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so have you found other ways to monetize merch? Um, what, yeah. what, what, what are you offering? So Tim's uh, curious if stock can make some merch. For yeah. You. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got, uh, it's, it's interesting. Everybody has their own strategy and being able to connect and talk with other content creators to kind of see how they do it. Um, because you can't just rely on one thing. So we do have uh, some merch available. Um, right now it's, it's just a, a sweatshirt and a, a couple hats, uh, but you know, we're in the works to make some more. Um, I'm t- talking to try to get our own like custom glassware and uh, bar tools, that sort of thing. Uh, that's kind of a little bit more long-term. But um, as far as you know, income, uh, sponsorships can help out a lot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and that that's something I had no experience with. We just were lucky and this guy Rocky who is just the greatest guy reached out and, and <laughs> he, I'm like, yeah, do you want to be on this team? <laughs> and, yeah, and he's he's been been great connecting us and that's and cool. handling that side of things, yeah. How do you how do you balance that where you like because you never want to be on the nose. Like Danny and I talk about this. You don't want to be on the nose with an ad, but you want to be informative. Like, do you mm. uh, do you work those sponsors into cocktails? Like, how does how does that relationship work? Yeah, so uh, it's it's kind of a it's tricky, you know, because uh, especially when you're dealing with you know alcohol brand, it's easier when you're dealing with something that is unrelated to cocktails you know right. like all right we've got these watches we want you to do a 60 second ad read I'm like that's great that's easy that's cut and dry when when somebody you know comes in and and says uh you know i've got this bottle of whiskey and we want you to use it in the video well then you're kind of like 
now this is a full integration. You, you know, we have to film it all at once. A lot of times the ad, like the 60 second ad reads, we can film that on a separate day and then just kind of plop it in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it is kind of uh, tricky to find that, that line. Um, but in some cases, it just makes sense to have it in the video. So like I've worked with Visky and their, their glassware. And uh, the video, I think, was like the Creole cocktail. And I, I really like this glass. And I'm like, I'm going to use this glass in the video. Yeah, it makes it so much easier when it's a product right. you like. Yeah, yeah use. exactly. Yeah, it's natural. Right. So, and they love it because they're like, oh, here, I thought that I'm, you know, we're paying you for this 60-second ad read, but you used it in the video. And that just entices them to, they're like, let's let's do something else, you know. So. Yeah. So to per- put things into perspective for the listeners, I mean, the old-fashioned video has, like, over a million views, right? I think it's over two now. Like Come two on, and a half, Danny. Like that. Multiple I think. I don't views, know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tons of <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I mean, hundreds of thousands of subscribers, you know, if you count. Like, at what point did you see those, like, you know, for us, for mm. our podcast, in the very beginning, we would get to certain download numbers and be like, yes, all right. And then, mm. you know, like a year later that, that baseline is, you know, kind of like 10 X roughly. And it, we didn't start from a big number or anything, but just yeah, us watching our growth, like we obviously pay attention to it. So for you, like, are there certain targets that you're looking for? Like, do you want to see month over month growth at whatever? Like, is there a point at which you feel like a certain video is successful versus maybe not successful? When we first started of course like from day one you're watching and you're like all right we got 16 subscribers okay we've got 34 <laughs> subscribers yeah, you know that yeah. sort of thing um and at various points i felt like i had it figured out i'm like okay i see where this is going if we keep going you know and then all of a sudden out of the blue like we got featured on like creator on the rise or something like that, which I didn't even know what it was, but they send it out to other content creators and then they check out your channel or they give it, the algorithm gives it a boost or something like that. And that's when things really started to take off. And so me thinking, Oh, this is the way the the world. I'm like, okay, so we're going to have 3 million subscribers by this time next year, (laughs) you know, and it just doesn't work that way. Um, I have learned that it's very seasonal. Um, in the spring, for whatever reason, at least cocktail content, people aren't aren't watching quite as much. Hmm. Um, but you know, like the beginning of the seasons, people will kind of check in. They're like, "Oh, what are the it cocktails for summer?" Yeah. Or yeah, or, what am I going to bring to this Christmas party? Or yeah. whatever. and then probably in January, people are like, "Oh, I'm drying out a right. little bit. New Year's yeah. resolutions Give kick me those in." Na cocktail, recipe. yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. that's why my mocktail cocktail. Yeah, like, yeah. exactly. Yeah. What is your relationship like with the comment section, and how has that how has that changed over time as you've gotten more popular? Um, I have, I have grown a thicker skin, I would say. Uh, early yeah, what's on, the worst yeah. insult. Well, so early on, it's mostly people you know, you know, regulars yeah. from the bar and stuff, and they're also supportive, and everybody's like, "Oh, I'm sharing this with my mom," kind of a thing. Like, "Oh, this is great," you know, and then. It was the the old fashioned video when that started taking off. I'm like, oh great, it's looking good. I look at my comments and like the first one goes, nice try, bozo. <laughs> nice try, bozo. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Who is this? And you that know? was one of your regulars. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so uh, 
when a video does start to to do well and they like send it out to more people, you do get a lot more of that, you know, because a lot of the people, they're like, I don't even know why I'm watching this. Like the algorithm yeah, like someone me, sent it to me. Yeah, yeah right. Oh, or they're yeah. like, this popped up as my next video and they're like, I don't even drink. Why? <laughs> you know? And you're like, I, I what? I yeah, have nothing I'm to like, do with that. Yeah, right. Um, lately, for for whatever reason, people have been uh, commenting a lot about my hair because I... It's got a great head of hair. Well, well, we'll go into uh, a shoot and I'll throw on a, on a cap just because, you know, it's a lot going on. I don't want to deal with this, you know. And uh, people will be like, all right, constructive criticism, don't wear a hat. You know? <laughs> and then, like, one where I, I, I don't wear a hat, they'll be like, okay, here's an idea. Get a haircut, take a little bit more off the top. It would look really nice. And I'm thinking, what I is love this? <laughs> Style advice. Is it Oz doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the troll was inside the building. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. Uh, any any admirers? A nice looking lad. I assume some people are. Uh, uh, it, yeah, there there have got been some crushes. There have been some. I will say that, um, based on the analytics, the majority of our audience are like guys in their 20s and 30s and so every time i have oz come on like there's more comments about like they're like hey where's where's the pretty one (laughs) bring her back on (laughs) that's the demographic Uh, yeah so uh yeah so what's next for the channel um well i'm right now I'm, i'm currently in a phase where i'm kind of just going one week at a time yeah uh I, I have a tendency to stress myself out if I start thinking too big. Uh, so it's this, this balance of, all right, what's the next video? All right, let's do that. What's the next video? That sort of thing. But beyond the channel, um, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of the brand, you know, and, um, you know, getting out different gear, um, uh, merch. I, I would like to have uh, some book at some point, you know, something tangible. Uh, because I, I don't know really what the average shelf life of a YouTube channel is. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't plan on being an 80 year old man making <laughs> cocktail content every week. You yeah. know, yeah. I mean, you have kind of a grueling schedule. I mean, it seems like you're constantly. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I think if I, I mean, were more organized, I would, it would be a little bit better, but yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, I think it's important though for like the consistency and, you know, mm. I think it's pretty sweet that you can do that from the comfort of your own, you know, your own space, your own schedule. I mean, yeah. it's pretty yeah. cool. Would you see. ever, is this lifestyle and cadence such that you would not want to go back to a brick and mortar? Like, would you ever see this come full circle where you open a bar? No, I, I, I do see it coming from full circle. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I, it's fun. It, making the videos, it, it, it's a fun world to be in, but it is exhausting and I, I would, I don't know how, how feasible it is, but I would love to have, you know, finally like open up my own space mm-hmm. the way that I want, want it and, and where I want it. And, and hopefully people show up and want cocktails. Yeah, you got built in yeah. audience. Yeah. I guess are, are most of your viewers, I assume you can see them geographically. Mm. Is it a high concentration in Chicago? Um, yeah, Chicago, probably ma- major States cities, in, I would in, think, right? right? Yeah, coasts. yeah, East Coast. Um, there's a, a good amount in, in Canada and in the UK. Um, Door County, Door County, <laughs> yeah, they, they, nobody cares. About Huge that. in Door County, yeah, <laughs> brandy old fashions, yeah, yeah right, exactly. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's really interesting, you know. Like I, um, you don't know who watches the channel and, and who doesn't. And I will go, you know, weeks of going out, going to the liquor store where you think that those are the people that would be watching the channel, and nobody knows you. you yeah. Know? Do you have any fun then, uh, fan sightings or being spotted out? Uh, most in the wild? Re- most recent was um, in Scotland actually. Uh, Oz oh. and I went over for uh, a friend's wedding. And then we road tripped out to the Isle of Skye and we went out to this uh, place called uh, Old Man of Store and, and you hike out and up this mountain and it's just, you really feel like you're at the edge of the universe, you know, and you get out to this lookout and you see this weird rock formation. And so Oz and I are out there and she had her camera with her. So she walks over to this couple and she says, excuse me, can you take our picture? And he goes, yeah, and he takes our picture and he hands back the camera and he goes, are you Anders Ericsson? <laughs> I'm like, what? He goes, oh, awesome. I'm from Poland. I'm a subscriber. <laughs> oh, that's like, amazing. Yeah, like, that is so crazy. In like, yeah, in the middle of nowhere in Scotland, this guy from Poland. Yeah, it was so cool. Just, so that was, that was, that was hmm. nice. So that, then I'm like, oh, I want a picture with you now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> This episode of Joiners is brought to you by Bronca USA. Question, Danny. What's your question, Tim? <laughs> My question is, how would you categorize Fernet Bronca? I would consider it an after-dinner drink or a digestif. It is an Amaro, so Amaro just means a bittersweet herbal Italian liqueur. Okay, and in, so you would use it, you would drink it after a meal? I would drink it after a meal, uh, one that is either you know, particularly heavy, rich, to help aid in digestion, or just because I think after a meal, it, it helps cap things off to have something that's like a little bitter, a little sweet. So it, uh, yeah, so it sparks digestion, you're saying? I so, think so. It's so if you have an upset tummy, yeah. you're reaching for the Fernet. It's the digestion Kickstarter. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I don't know that I've ever used it in that way, but I will now that I know. Yeah. How do you usually use it? shoot ripping shots man (laughs) (laughs) multiple shots back to back yeah you know beer and a shot love that i think that's uh it's one of the options at um sporties for low life you get a high life and you get a shot of either bourbon or uh fernet right yeah it's the industry handshake yeah all right all right cool cheers cheers all right dude are you ready no, but let's do it. <laughs> sip, of, sip of your nondescript. Uh, yeah, Soleil. Non- <laughs> I don't know. Where'd you find this one? Uh, we need to get some uh, joiners branded Andy. cups for the table. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. All right. Very cool. All right. First question: What's your death row meal? Death row meal. Um, well, part of me wants to say if I'm going to die, then I want multiple rounds. <laughs> there you go. Many courses. Sure. Uh, but I'd probably go with. Uh, something really comforting like a good old-fashioned perch fry there you go (laughs) solid answer um what is the next hot spirit trend do you think oh that is tough and i guess which one do you think we're in now are we still in mezcal land um i danny nodding i i I do get a lot of uh questions about mezcal um I'm getting a lot of talk about rum too, like uh, agricoles and stuff. Mm. Um, 
And I, I love that stuff. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing some more emphasis on the Rum. Yeah. Danny, agree? Yeah, agree. Sweet. <laughs> All right, what's your favorite hidden gem? Vehemently disagree. He's <laughs> <laughs> a fool. <laughs> this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Over. Yeah. Uh, hidden gem restaurant. Ah, uh, hidden gem restaurant. Uh, so I like to go to just divey little spots with good food. I yeah. like um, uh, Taste of Lebanon uh, up on Foster. Uh, you go in and get your food ticket to go. What's uh, your order there? Uh, I've been getting uh, a grape leaf wrap with extra hummus. Okay. That's uh, really good. Um, but if you like chicken shawarma, that's incredible chicken shawarma. Um, and then, like, uh, I'll go to, <laughs> I have been going, like, once a week to Newlon Bakery. Yeah, for a little uh, on me. Yeah. yeah. That's so solid. Good. What's your favorite fast food? Oh. Um, <laughs> He's from Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, really pushing for it. Oh. <laughs> Something tells me you want me to say Culver's. No, I just, you can say whatever you want. Just whatever your I, favorite one is. I, I would say um, like when I'm hungry, I I really love a burrito from Chipotle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I also do that a lot. Uh, white or brown rice? Oh, I go back and forth. Same. Yeah. Black, black or pinto? I get a mix. Yeah. I split it. I mix and do fajita. What's nice. your What's your meat? Uh, so I've been doing sofritas lately. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hot sauce? Um, no, I do like pico and corn salsa. I try not to go too spicy. Okay, Gotta sour cream, the... cheese, lettuce? Um, lettuce. Um, I haven't been doing cheese, the sour cream, or any dairy on it, actually. Okay. Uh, but Same. definitely guac. Yeah. Well, the yeah. channel must be doing really well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Get that guy some guac. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite cocktail at the moment? Oh, at the moment. Um at the moment, pretty pretty boring maybe, but I like a classic daiquiri. I okay. think is is great. I, I what are you two three quarter three quarter two one three quarter? What's your? I, I will go back and forth. The, the one that I did on the channel, I did. Um, oh no, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I did a couple because I did one with a Jamaican rum too. Um, oh no, we're, we're gonna, gonna have, have to, to watch that. that out. What I is, have to, yeah, look and see which one I did. What, yeah. yeah um, what is? What's the classic sidecar build now? Uh, so f- oh, how, I like, yeah. how I like to build a sidecar is really simple. I just do uh, three, two, one. Um, and I will do one and a half cognac, one uh, like curacao, and then... Which curacao? Like PF? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, half lemon. Oh, that's cool. Three, two, one. All right. <laughs> like All that. Right. Yeah, that's good. Duly noted. I think I'm going to put that as your as the cocktail for him anyway yeah that sounds good like that's that's like i've got a the people it, need to have it i mean yeah that's like it's your a hole in your offering kind of, yeah. yeah well also growing up in wisconsin like i i thought everything was made with brandy you know yeah, right. like a manhattan that's made with brandy you know like, yeah uh so going from you know just like a california brandy to cognac is a bit of a jump but it it made sense, and and I, I do. Do you like have like a preferred cognac. cognac in it? I like using uh, Maison Rouge. Rouge. Yeah, yeah. The, VS the, v- or the VSOP. The VSOP. Same. Yeah, cool. Yeah, which stands for? 
a very superior old pale, right? Yeah. Wow, very good, yeah. Danny. <laughs> I knew that. I just wanted to make sure you did. Uh, what unexpected trivia category would you dominate? Shakespeare in the Park? Oh, Shakespeare, yeah. <laughs> Door right. County. Uh, yeah, famous residents of Door County. How obscure can it be? Like, <laughs> Pretty obscure. Um, so when I was younger, I went through a, a pretty big Bob Dylan phase. Sure. And I feel like... As one, one, as one does. Yeah, I feel like... Um, well, I don't know. I, I'd have to quiz myself, but I feel like Tim I is could ready to on. ask you a question. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I, I, I won't <laughs> test you, but I'm curious. What's your favorite uh, Dylan era? Uh, I went through all the phases. I actually started with like the folk phase, like, yeah. I, and then I felt like in this weird way, although there were decades apart from him and me, I felt like I was growing with them. Like, mm-hmm. so I went through his entire catalog. I kind of dipped out of the the whole like um, the born again phase, mm-hmm. uh, but I. Oh, man, I, 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 it's hard to say a favorite. Favorite album. That is also it's, hard. It's hard. Yeah. Um, Blood on the Tracks is yeah. great. Bring It All Back Home. Um, you know, Blonde on Blonde's classic. But I really like Love and Theft, like some of his, like, like that later kind of Yeah, just... I haven't gotten into it. No? I just can't. And I've seen him, like, live a few times, and it's just like, you go because it's Bob Dylan. Yeah. But there's no reason to go see Bob yeah. Dylan live anymore. I've seen him twice. Once was pretty good. And it was, it was actually during that love and theft period he had you know all white suit and he's just kind of banging on the piano and stuff Mm -hmm. the other time i saw him which was a little before that it was the worst show i'd ever seen (laughs) i saw him at ravinia a few years ago and it was like yeah it was like i don't know but it's always nice to go to ravinia yeah yeah Yeah, it's a cool setting yeah um all right to what do you attribute your success um well timing for like the channel i would say timing is a big big thing but also i've been I do think I've been pretty fortunate in being surrounded by talented people that have been kind enough to answer my questions and share their experience and knowledge, really. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's some people that work really hard and they figure it out, and there are other people that just ask questions. And I was the kind of guy that was like, hey, wait, how'd you do that? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I, whenever somebody asks me a question, I try to be honest and give them an answer because that's how I did it. Yeah. <laughs> Nicely put. Um, all right. What is something that bars or restaurants do that might annoy you? I Well, a bar, I, I don't like when, you know, craft cocktails, they, there's this sense of uh, pretentiousness, uh, this air. And I don't like when they, they talk down to the customer, I suppose, mm-hmm. which happens quite a bit, I think. Um, Maybe not so much anymore, but I feel like as like the whole craft cocktail scene was was starting up, there was a lot of that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like I we won't make that, or you know, the whole like we we won't make a cosmopolitan kind of thing. Like that kind yeah. of irks me. Yeah, I always think of the uh, that old Saturday Night Live skit where uh, Horatio Sands goes into like the men's store, and it's like the very stuffy men's <laughs> store. Yeah, Jeffries. Yeah, Jeffries. Yeah. Right, and they're shaming him. Yeah. He's like, what? This is a members only jacket. Yeah, yeah and it has like so the good. Bugs Bunny or something on it, or Daffy Duck. Yeah, so um, a Looney. T- it's like a Looney Tunes. It's, or something. Yeah, some yeah. sort of character. That's that's yeah. one thing I never understood. Is like, like how Looney Tunes characters made it into like gang apparel. Like all these like. That's a great question. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like your Syl- Sylvester and Tweety leather jacket. <laughs> yeah. What's that about? <laughs> Trying to look hard on the streets. You got. Yeah. Looney Tunes. <laughs> anyway, well, I have a couple 
insert question. Oh, good. Yeah. Last yeah. question. Have at um, it. Was there a particular video that you thought would do very well that didn't, or a video that you thought like that you were surprised by its success? One that did well uh, that I was not expecting were was the bar techniques that I did, um, and they were just like simple little things like why do we shake and why do we stir and uh, the thumbnail we just pulled a still image from the video and as opposed to you know like setting up a, a nice shot it was like the one video where we just did that we just took a still of me holding up a shaking tin uh, I didn't think that would do really well and that one it took off right away one that what was the other one one that didn't yeah, do well that yeah. I thought would um, vermouth cocktails I made that one just kind of tanked. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what do we do with this open vermouth in our fridge? Here's a number of cocktails. <laughs> Most everybody's like, I don't care. <laughs> you know? That's so, a good question. Yeah. What? How long can vermouth stay in the fridge? I will say if it's been in there for more than two, three months, it's probably okay. past its prime. Yeah, I got to ditch I, the vermouth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I do think it's it still d- drinkable. It just yeah. loses like a little bit of its complexity. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't do think you'd spit it out necessarily if you tasted it. Yeah. yeah. I, and, and it also, I think depends on the vermouth. I think that sweet vermouth will last longer than yeah, dry. More sugar know? content. Yeah. On the topic of thumbnails, what's your strategy? Do you do like specific photos that you use or do you usually take stills from the video? No, we'll do specific photos. Yeah. I think that's the yeah. trend. Like that's what people do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we're kind of in this. This funny thing, like every week we take a thumbnail and sometimes we try to go back and forth between my face being in it and not being in it because sometimes just having your face in the picture can can help, you know. Well, face whatever. like this, of course. <laughs> yeah, right. when, you, when you got this, you got to use it. <laughs> glasses but, on, though. Yeah, right, right. Hat off. Hat off, glasses yeah. on. Yeah. Maybe a little off the top, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I feel like We've gone through all the faces of YouTube thumbnails. You know, they're like <laughs> yeah. wild, mm-hmm. crazy, awkward faces. Um, so now, like, I love it when we're like, okay, let's do one with just the cocktail and maybe your hands. I'm like, yeah, that I can do. <laughs> you know, you should yeah. try some, just a non sequitur photo that just has nothing to do with cocktail. <laughs> That's like, actually not a bad like idea. Like a, a right. bear fighting a, an ape or something. Well, the bear is your logo, right? I'd click on yeah. that. Yeah, right. Is it a cub, a bear? It's a bear, yeah. What's the story of the logo? And there's uh, a bear on his arm. There's a bear on my arm. Yeah, that's uh, a, kind of a, a nod to like Northwoods and, and okay. just growing up in Wisconsin. Cool. Um, but yeah, nothing really beyond that. And the, the, the nose is a little coupe glass. All right. And then our last question. What's the best thing about Chicago's dining or drinking scene? Oh, good question. That's a good one. Um, First of the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I knew we'd sneak one in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had to finish with the good question. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that one thing that's special about Chicago are the neighborhoods and like the different pockets, and and uh, the like. There's so many different foods that you can get, and the drinking experiences. Like, you know, you can you can get a great drink at at any high end bar that that makes great cocktails. And then you can like go right next door and there will be a complete dive where, you know, the whole clientele would never even look at that other bar, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I guess just the diversity. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Cool. 
Well, that was the last question, so that's a wrap. All right. Yeah. Hey, Thanks so much for coming in today. This Did is I pass? Fun. Yeah, you passed. <laughs> you passed. Flying colors. And that concludes our conversation with Anders Ericsson. Thanks so much for listening, and be sure to check us out on social media at Joiners Pod on Instagram for exclusive content. Cocktails, reels, throwback photos of our guests. This episode was produced by Matt Haddock and Teo Haddock, music by Captain Cuts, and reels by the one and only Joe Guzzo. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.